Since 1871, Joseph's Jewelers has helped generations of families celebrate life's biggest moments with meaningful jewelry. Joseph's has been in the jewelry industry for over 150 years, allowing them to help customers create the ideal piece for any budget. So whether you've been going to Joseph's for years or you're a new customer, they always make sure you get the best value for your dollar. It's a value their customers really appreciate. Without question, Joseph's. Welcome to the Animal Rescue League of Iowa's For Love of Animals podcast. Here are your hosts, Carol and Dan. Welcome to the For Love of Animals podcast. I'm Carol and I'm here with Dan. Hello. And we are happy Valentine's Day. Yeah, you too. Yes. Yes, we both come off our birthdays. Now we're to Valentine's Day. You know, I, I was know. thinking the other day, at least I was off by year. I started to have a panic, but I was thinking about oh, your no. age and my age, and we're not going to mention who's what, because then people can figure out my age. <laughs> the milestone birthday the is what you're referring to, right? Yes, but... I almost thought together we were 100 years old. Oh, stop. But we're not. But we're 99. <laughs> I know. Oh, my gosh. Like, together, we're 99 years old. Uh, that's a lot of wisdom. That is. That's exactly <laughs> what we're going to look at it, too. Wisdom. And then it hit me. The second thought I had to that was, oh, my gosh, I could be his mother. Yeah. That you could be. Okay. You because know, you my were mom... supposed to do some denial with I that. I know. Sorry. <laughs> Because my mom is actually only a year older than you. Oh my gosh! Just, just turned. I'd I'd be proud Feb- to be your January. mother. Oh well, that was nice. There's that. I don't know if you would want me as a child. I I I didn't say that. <laughs> I just I kid you. Well, I'm I, giving you a warning. I, is what I'm. <laughs> I'm kidding you totally. I uh, I would be proud to have you as my child. So oh, well, that's very nice. You know, that's all I'm saying. Yeah. Okay. So well. happy birthday. Um, happy Valentine's Day to everyone listening. Yes, yes. And hopefully, um, you know, we talk about uh, people buying their pets um, Christmas gifts. And, you know, when they yeah. have a birthday, they get them little cookies with little gifts. Yeah. People do that for Valentine's Day, too. They definitely do. Definitely do. We had talked about that, too, with the uh, Errol's ap- apples, where you could buy an apple that was rolled in peanut butter and then yes. treats all over it for Valentine's Day, which we got done with that uh, that event, so to speak. Um, but there's uh, lots of other fun things you can get for your pets for Valentine's Day. Also. Yeah, there's tons of things. And um, I, I need to do a shout out, by the way. All right. So I think this was during Christmas time, actually, when we were, were talking about like the top 10 cat gifts that you could get yes. for your cat or dog gifts that you can get for your cat. And remember how they were all on Chewy's website? Yeah. And they were super cheap too. Right. Super yes. reasonable. Yes. And I said that I was going to send something to Chewy that we love them and we talk about them on the podcast all yes. the time. So randomly I got a package from Chewy at the end of last week and I opened it and it's a ball cap that says Chewy. And it says, we think you're totally awesome. Is that because you were talking about it? I think so. Okay. Why else would they send it to me? That's I mean, nice. I know they do very nice things for yeah. people that, that use their services. So, yeah. I mean, 500 other people could have got this chewy hat too, but I'm going <laughs> to pretend like I'm the only one that has it. <laughs> or maybe they knew it was your birthday week. Oh, well, that could be too. You know, like that, if they had that information yeah, about you. That very well could be. 
Although so, I didn't get any hat. And, <laughs> and yeah, no, that's very nice. Yeah, that's so very cool. Thank you, Chewy. I think we should hang it up in our little studio. Here. I'll, I'll bring it. How cute would that be? Yeah. We should start a whole collection of stuff. Yeah, yeah. I like it. I'll bring it. So, so gifts for your pet for yes, Valentine's Day. And basically, I found out let's just. Stats show more people than ever are, of course, getting Valentine's Day gifts for their non-human loved one. They say that 32 percent, this was as of February of 2023, 32 percent of people plan to get their pets gifts last last year. And then what was also interesting was 20.5 percent of men plan on buying gifts for the dogs and 11.98 percent of women and 15 percent of men plan on buying gifts for their cats compared to only nine percent of women so basically the gist of that is is that women may spend more on average for their cats but men are most likely to buy both for both their dogs and their cats oh see interesting that is interesting yeah i thought that was interesting as well Huh. Mm-hmm. Well, keep doing it. Yes, I agree. Are you getting your cat something? Um, no, because apparently they're scared of toys. What is um, this a new thing? Well, I think I I might have mentioned this. You know, you mentioned getting having ping pong balls for your cats. Love them, um, especially when you're doing introductions. Yes, just to toss them and distract them yes. and get them focused on something else. And you know, for gosh, 15 years, 16 years, I had a dog. And so she could, I could not have plush toys around her at all because she would de-stuff them and she would try swallowing. So it was just dangerous. So all of her toys were like the Nyla bones or Kongs or, you know, those hard rubber things. Yep. So I could never have small cat toys because, you know, they would bring them up from the basement and then she would find them and then it was a disaster. So I don't have my dog anymore, unfortunately. But it took me a couple months to figure out, like, oh, I can have cat toys now. Like, it, because for 15 years, it never, you know, it wasn't a habit. So I was like, oh, I'm going to get ping pong balls. How fun would that be? So I ordered this giant bag of bright fluorescent orange ping I pong love balls it. off of Amazon. And I got them and I was so excited. I ripped open the bag Uh-oh. and I just started tossing them and the cat scattered. Yeah. They're, they're scared of them. That was pro- well, that was probably a little overwhelming. Well, probably. A whole bunch of like orange. I mean, it wasn't balls. like. It wasn't like 20 at a time. You know, I would like toss one, but they they didn't know what to do with them. Yeah. And but I have noticed that um, apparently years ago they had cat toys. And in the middle of the night now, I hear one of my cats, you know, doing the zoomies through the house. Yes. And I got up the other day to be like, what are you doing? And he had a cat toy in his mouth. Okay, I have that's no adorable. idea where he found it. <laughs> <laughs> He's probably been hoarding them somewhere, just waiting for the dog not to be there. Right. Oh, my so, gosh. But now um, I know they love the catnip toys, you know, like you can get those catnip stuff, bananas yeah. or oh, little mice oh, or whatever. Uh, yeah. Um, the little cigars. The, yes. Oh, gosh, yes. Yes. And um, I know that Potter, my black cat, um, he's he's toy driven. The other two are just like, whatever. Yeah. I tell you, uh, I am. I did get one of get Jackson Remy, my dogs, the apple, mm-hmm. um, and then the cats. I I'm going through with what you're going through right now. Like if I or did that, if I get cat toys out, I have to be there to monitor because right. otherwise the dogs will get them, mm-hmm. and that's a, obviously concerned when it's like you know ping pong balls that they could shatter and hurt themselves with. Right. But I have a fishing pole toy, and for mm-hmm. some reason I can sit there and play with 
uh, Bachi and Lily, and they'll jump and play, and the dogs will leave them alone while they're playing with it. So I do do that. And so oh, yeah, I that's bought good. them one with a cute little like pink feather on the end of it for Valentine's Day. Oh, they get nice. tomorrow. So nice. Yeah. So yeah, I'll probably um, I'll probably stop and pick up some catnip catnip toys for yeah. them. But yeah. yeah, there were also a lot of suggestions on uh, StellaandChewy.com um, where you can do the matching dog or cat Valentine's Day outfits, which I thought was cute. That is cute. We've talked about the outfits before. We'll do a little disclaimer. If your pets do not like being dressed up, don't do it. Right. But if they do, send us a picture of you exactly. in your matching outfits because that will be adorable. Yes. Um, agree. Or to just plan a date with fellow pet parents. So if your dog is social, um, plan a little play date. Absolutely. Uh, you can hang out with your friends and your dogs can hang out. And yeah. Play. How fun is that? Yeah. Um, or a Valentine's themed movie event. Hang out with your dog on the couch. Stay at home so they're not alone. Definitely. If you can. <laughs> I'm just saying hanging with your pets is just a lovely way to spend an evening. So yeah, for Valentine's Day. Exactly. There's nothing wrong with that. Order Chinese food in or something like right. that. Right. Yes. Um, or make treats uh, for your for yourself and your dog. There's right. plenty of recipes out there that are dog friendly. So yeah. you can both eat your heart shaped cookie. For sure. <laughs> for sure. And of course, you know, I'm sure Benny will be getting some gifts. Uh, for Valentine's Day today as well, so. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. He gets more gifts than we get. Yeah, he sure does. <laughs> got, got a new tag last week, a oh. collar tag, although I noticed today he's wearing a new scarf, so. Oh my gosh, I have to get a photo. Yeah, he's darling, so we'll have to get a photo, <laughs> and we'll have to post that up on our uh, For Love of Animals Facebook page, because everybody loves seeing our bends. So. Yeah, there were a couple of people that were questioning because I'd made the comment about the scarf when we were here over Christmas yeah. and he was running around and they yeah. were like, did you get a photo? And I was like, no, sorry. I know. So now I have to get one. We totally need to get one and get it posted up because it's just too cute. So, yes. So, uh, happy Valentine's day to everybody. And, um, an cute story, a man's childhood dog that went missing four years ago was found. This story is so crazy. It is crazy. I saw this just earlier today <clears throat> and, I sent this to you because you I was like, holy crap. Um, but in 2020, uh, Baxter, uh, the owner, um, had to make a decision. He had to leave uh, his dog Patches with a family friend in Colorado while he moved to Nebraska for a job because the new place didn't allow dogs and whatever. So he made the best decision for the dog. Um, but at one point, they put the dog in the kennel. And then they opened the kennel. So this happened in Colorado. Or they went to the kennel and the dog wasn't there. So Baxter was like, well, she's a Houdini. She gets out of everything. No big deal. She'll show back up. You know, blah, blah, blah. Okay, well, this was four years ago. Four years. This dog was found a couple minutes away from the Mexican border in New Mexico. So over 600 miles away, four years later, this dog was found. And... They were reunited. And they got reunited by a microchip? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. I, that's just crazy. I, I mean, who knows where she was all this time? Right. I yeah. mean, you have to believe that somebody picked her up, right, and took her in, which, you know, we talk about yep. this often. Do that to make right. sure that the animal is safe. But do your due diligence. Take the animal to a veterinarian to have it scanned. Call your local 
animal control or animal services. Yep. They have microchip scanners on board. Do your due diligence to find out who the owner is. Right, right. Um, and if there is no microchip, I mean, still contact your shelter, your nearest shelter, and like let them know you have the dog. Exactly. And, like your contact information in case somebody comes into the shelter looking for a dog. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Go if you're in Iowa, post on Iowa Peddler. I know right. we mentioned that I think last week. Um, but there are plenty of ways that we as, you know, people that find animals or the animals truly find us, yep. I tend to believe sometimes too, but um, find out who the owner was because, you know, this guy had had this dog for 10 years. Clearly it was a, a loved family member. Right. It got out somehow. Who knows how? Yep. Um, and he deserves to have his dog back in his life. Yeah. And, you know, there are so many people that are kind of judgmental about, oh, their dog got out. They didn't deserve to have it. Right, I mean, it right. can happen. Your fence can blow mm-hmm. open. They can slip out of their kennel. Mm-hmm. They can slip their collar and something spooks them and they run right. off. And um, lots of stuff can happen. Doesn't mean necessarily everybody's a bad pet owner. Exactly. You know? So Exactly. So, yeah. I, mean, I, I just I, can't even imagine getting that call like 10 I years know. later. Well, four years later. Four years later. Yeah. And you get the call and you're like, hey, you know, your missing dog is over here. Yeah. I, I, it's just unbelievable. I mean, at that point, you probably just had given up, right? Oh, you just lost hope absolutely. at that point. Yeah. Yeah. And if those of you get your pet's microchip, though. Yes. Shelters, like the Animal Rescue League in Iowa, we scan everything that comes in for a microchip. And mm-hmm. so... Um, be sure and get your pet microchipped. You can do that through our animal services division. Um, get on our website, www.arl-iowa.org. You can find out when you can do that. Or go to your veterinar- veterinarian. Mm-hmm. Get a microchip. I mean, we have returned so many animals. And do your cats, too. Not oh, just, yeah. You think they're never going to get out? They, they can might. the door. That's right. And uh, there's just... A, tiny percentage of people who actually come to animal shelters and reclaim their cats if they had microchips in them we could get a hold of people right yeah yeah and i cannot tell you when i did animal services uh several years ago um i returned so many animals just because they had a microchip yeah and i was able to either the animal rescue league is the one that administered the microchip through one of the clinics that we've had or um that we like we knew who the owner was of of the animal or it was adopted from the shelter so then right. we had that information already um but yeah i would i would pick up the the dog or dogs in some cases cuz they would run run together um and find out who the owner was and, and drive them right back home and it was always almost always the same story of oh my gosh we don't know how they got out we've been looking for them we've been worried we called um so do do you your due diligence uh they're not expensive and um it almost you know it's a hundred percent chance that if your animal's found it's probably going to be returned to you at some point even if after it's four years yeah that's crazy yeah that's crazy worth every penny you spend on it and the nice thing is a lot of shelters microchip um microchip them for you so like every that's right. every dog cat etc cetera, etc cetera, adopted from the animal rescue league is actually microchipped it's included with your adoption fee and it's already done and taken care of and 
uh, we then keep track too of those microchip numbers. Mm-hmm. Something comes in, we can scan it, and we know exactly you know where it goes. Right. And I'll bet when you were working animal services, there wasn't one person that said, "Oh, I didn't want my dog or cat back." No. I mean, never. They, they wanted their dog and cat back. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. In in some cases. Uh, and this is very important to note, you have to keep the microchip information updated. Yep. So if you change your, especially your phone number, at least your phone at number. At least your phone number. Um, your address, probably <laughs> important. Um, I know uh, one time I picked up uh, a dog uh, that had a Texas ad- address. And I, I was like thinking it was one of these stories, you yeah. know, like, oh, no, how did this dog get all the way to Iowa? Well, the owner had moved and failed to update the address. Um, so if I had known that I could have just drove over to the house, yeah, yeah. Uh, but thankfully they had the same phone number, but they were on vacation. Oh. And so it was like hours later that they called, uh, called back. And I was like, Oh, well, I found a dog. Is it your dog? And he was like, Oh my gosh. Yes. You know, blah, blah, blah. And I was yeah. like, are you from Texas? And he's like, Oh no, I moved there, you know, from three years ago or whatever, but at least keep that information updated. Exactly. And, uh, some of them, you know, there are a couple of different companies, but some of them will ask you to like pay some sort of yearly subscription fee. You don't have to do that. Right. I mean, this has really yeah. changed the the game yeah. in finding owners of lost pets. Yeah. And even paying that subscription fee in some cases is nice because you do get updates and that sort mm-hmm. of thing as well. So And you can post that your pet is, is missing, missing yep. and, and then they send an alert to I get emails for that all the time about, you know, Houdini <laughs> right. is missing in your area and it shows a photo of them and um, how to contact if you spot yep. the animal or whatever. So there are benefits to it. Oh, for sure. I mean, I happen to be somebody that does it because I want to make sure, like, I have that method. But, right. you know, if you, at a minimum, just get the microchip, have it registered at the shelter or right. wherever, especially if you're going to stay in the same area because that exactly. is good. But if you, like, think you're going to move or you travel, I mean, it's definitely beneficial for that and like I said I love microchipping I'm like mm-hmm. microchip 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 your pets everything we yeah <laughs> because we at the shelter can get animals returned with those microchips because mm-hmm. the thing is some people will say well there's a collar with tags on it but they can slip their collar right or right. you know it happens quick but some dogs chew on their tags true and you don't even realize it right but then when you actually go to look at it you're like oh my gosh you can't even read the phone number yeah. or what the dog's name is or right. whatever the case may be or they sometimes they just fall off yeah um who knows so yeah the microchip is like the one one way that yep. you're gonna get your your animal back yeah i will say for the collars and tags too somebody told me this a long time ago and i've done this with my dogs is on their tags i put their name and then my phone number and then i put reward yes because i will pay a reward to get my dogs back right just fyi for anyone out there who (laughs) happens to see my dogs anywhere because i want people to know like i'm serious just get a hold of me like you know right yeah like (laughs) hold my dog for ransom that's fine but like tell me where to meet you (laughs) right and do you want large or small bills right because I just need to know where to meet you. A at. check, but <laughs> Venmo, what crypto? Works. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We'll, we'll do whatever. We'll do whatever. Just bring Jacks back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's so sad. Like I like Jacks is really good in a car. I like to take him places, but I won't do it if I have to leave him in the car unsupervised. Yeah, because you never know. I don't know. I, I mean, don't know last... if somebody's gonna bust my window and unlock right. my car and take my dog. No, I mean, thank you. That happened. We talked about that. I think it was last week in yeah. L.A. Yeah, where somebody's. Uh, Carjacked. Yeah. Yeah. Like, forget that. Not happening. Yeah. No. I agree. 
Yep. You can have every, anything else. You just can't have my dog. Right. So, yes. Like, take the car, leave the dog tied <laughs> exactly. to the pole. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, don't care. Gosh. Not that we're going to be targets for dog napping now that everyone right. knows we'll just do whatever to get Listen, our dog back. Uh, I don't have a dog, but my next dog is going to stay strapped. It's going to know how to defend itself. Exactly. Yes, exactly. <laughs> oh, we're only half kidding. So we are we're going to take kidding. a break. When we come back, we're going to keep talking. We got some questions submitted about <laughs> guinea pigs. We're going to talk about some really cool wildlife crossings and events coming yes. up at the Animal Rescue League. So I hope you come back with us. We'll be back in just a minute. Did you know that most lost pets are found within miles of their homes? If you find a lost pet, the best way to make sure they're reunited with their family is taking them to the right place. If you find a lost pet in the city of Des Moines, take them to ARL Animal Services at 1441 Harriet Street. Head to arl-iowa.org slash reunite DSM to learn more. At Raina Immer Falls State Farm Agency, we grow our family tree by the three H's, heart, head, and humor. We build trust with our customers, use our knowledge of the industry to get you the personalized insurance plan you and your family or business need, and humor because life's too short not to laugh. Quotes for Good is our way of giving back. We've partnered with the ARL. Mention the ARL and we will donate $10 to the organization. Call us at 515-217-3053. Welcome back to the For Love of Animals podcast. I'm Carol, and I'm here with Dan. We're hello, com hello. Coming to you from Des Moines, Iowa, in the Animal Rescue League of Iowa. Des Moines. Des Moines. <laughs> so, were you born in Des Moines? I was. Yeah, I didn't. I don't know if I've ever asked you that. Yeah, South Side. South Side. So, did you South go to Sida. Lincoln High School? I did. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. And now I'm an East Sider, which you, is where you're from, right? Were you I born am. here? I was born in Des Moines. I grew up on the east side of Des Moines, but mm -hmm. I actually went to Dowling High School. I rode my oh, yeah. little bus across the city. Across the river? Yes. To the west side? To the west side, <laughs> just to be bullied and tortured, yes. Uh, but um, you can take the girl out of the east side, but you can't take the east side out of the girl. That's right. So. That's right. <laughs> Anywho, yes. <laughs> um uh, so you must have, you probably went to high school with some of my relatives, so. I probably did. Yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll talk offline about their last names. I just don't think that's a real good idea to, <laughs> to react to my why we're live anyway. Um, oh, that's funny. So one of the coolest <laughs> things that you and I have ever talked about, I think, personally, mm -hmm. on, uh, you know, all the different companion connection and all this that we're yeah. on is these wildlife crossings. And for those of you who don't know, like across the United States and in other countries, right. um, for I think almost over 30 years, they've been putting up wildlife crossings. And what they, that is, is like maybe it's a overpass over an interstate highway or an underpass um, mm -hmm. or, um, you know, a bridge or something that um, animals can walk through to avoid having to cross the busy interstates mm -hmm. and traffic, and they save tons of money in insurance claims, lives. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I Googled to see how many wildlife crossings there are in the United States, and as of September of 2022, there were over 1,000. Oh, that's a lot more than I, I thought. I agree. I was shocked. So um, 
It says several states have enacted legislation to identify and protect wildlife corridors, contributing to over 1,000 dedicated wildlife crossings in the USA today. That is a lot more than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. And Uh, what's um, really cool about these is that in some instances, they're species specific because I, I cannot remember where it was at, but I know we've talked about it before on Aerial Animal Connection. Um, it was specific to turtles. Yep. Because in this area, these turtles were migrating and, you know, tons of them were being killed from walking across. So they did a turtle-specific little highway yep. so that they could cross the traffic. Yeah. Um, and I remember there being a one for crabs, too, yes. where they would go up and yes. over. So um, I know one of those turtle, they called them turtle tunnels, and I wonder, know one of them was... Um, in Dakota County, Minnesota, and they did a turtle tunnel in Egan, Minnesota, which helped turtles go. That's awesome. To go across the road. I, I I think it's amazing what these are. And the thing is, is some people may think, you know, oh, why are we spending money on stuff like that? But again, back to the point of how much money we save Mm -hmm. in insurance claims in human lives. Right. Not to mention animal lives for those of us that are sensitive to that. Um, (laughs) And, like, they see, they put up wildlife trail cameras normally to kind of see if they're getting used, Mm -hmm. that sort of thing. And they see all sorts of different things. Like, you know, the turtle one, they also see muskrats and squirrels using Mm -hmm. them also. And, like, I know we've seen them where they go over over the path, an overpass, Mm -hmm. and it would be, like, bobcats and elk or moose or, Mm -hmm. I mean, crazy. Yeah, it, um, it's... and I, we talked about this when I came back from Yellowstone uh, yeah. at the end of 2021. Um, we were driving through. We were in the middle of nowhere in Wyoming, which is a beautiful state. If you have not been there, you should absolutely go. Um, and I saw wildlife crossings there because I was like, what are these weird things? And then it dawned on me. I was like, oh, my gosh, that's a wildlife crossing. And it was cool to actually see it in person um, and see how they – do the fence lines along the roads yeah. to kind of chauffeur the animal to the right spot. Um, but it's cool that, to your point, so many different species of animals figure out, oh, I'm going to go this way. It's much safer. And we've all seen going down the, the road and the squirrel runs out in front of you, but it stops mm-hmm. and then it runs back. Mm-hmm. They're not dumb. They know that right. they can't just run out in front of you. So it's really cool to see the different species that that figure out how to use them. But why we're talking about this today is there was an article um, about a specific one in uh, Banff in Canada. <clears throat> Excuse me. And it starts out, it says, why did the bear cross the Trans-Canada uh, Highway? We may never know, but thanks to the Banff Wildlife Crossing Project, there's a good chance it made it to the other side. So this talks about uh, Banff National Park, which is part of the Rocky Mountain National Park, Archipelago, if you want to call it that, which was in the early 1950s. But in 1978, Public Works Canada proposed twinning the section of highway that runs from the east gate of the park to the Banff townsite to improve the safety of motorists and animals. Um, And then they did all of these studies. To your point, they had trail cams to see where it would make the best sense to do it, you know, yada, yada. So the first two wildlife overpasses in Banff were built in 1996 at a cost of $1.5 million each. So $3 million. Um, 
and then a series of underpasses followed, tunneling beneath the highway to provide a safe alternative. Combined with fencing to keep animals off the road, this is what's mind-blowing. The structures have reduced animal vehicle collisions in the area by more than 80% and by more than 96% for elk and deer alone. That is crazy. It is crazy. And this was in 1996 again. Uh, so imagine the number, the sheer number of animals that have used this crossing in the last, uh, gosh, is that 30 years? Almost 30 years. It's almost 30 years. Oh, good grief. I'm old. Um, and it costs $3 million to do it. But think of all of the um, the cars being totaled, uh, human lives lost, animal lives lost. Clearly, that's way more than $3 million, right? So they've gotten their money back. Absolutely. Um, and I know you and, I've, I, you and I have talked about this before. I personally think that some of the insurance companies should fund these projects. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, I mean, it reduces money? their risk. Oh, my gosh. Right? Absolutely. Absolutely reduces their risk, saves lives. I think another thing that's really, really cool is these wildlife cameras that are showing, you know, they're putting these cameras on mm -hmm. these, like they're, they're finding out things about animals. For mm -hmm. example, one of them um, back in 2020 actually showed a coyote and a badger that were traveling together. Yes. I remember that. You remember that? And they were traveling together. Um, and they found that out by looking at, you know, these wildlife cameras mm -hmm. on these, it was an underpass is what that right. one was. And you think about it and you think what we're also going to learn Mm -hmm. about animals just from that. Right. Yeah. And this article, uh, which is actually really cool, it's on the Discover uh, APEGA.ca website. So, you know, some government agency in, in Canada. But they talk about this and it says, uh, long-term research and monitoring of the structures, which started in 1996 when they were built and is continually ongoing, shows more than 12 species, including deer, lynx, coyote, wolves, wolverines, and bears use the crossings. And it says even changing their behavior to do so, which is the interesting part. And they wouldn't know that unless they were monitoring the right. stuff. Right. And it says here, elk were the first large species to use the crossings, uh, testing them out while they were still under construction, actually, which is kind of cool. Um, so, yeah, they've uh, seen grizzly bears, deer, moose, elk, um, they all favor the open air of the overpass, while cougars, black bears, uh, and some of the other species uh, prefer the cozy coverage of the tunnels on, on the underpasses. Yeah. So these are amazing. Um, the crossings help maintain genetic diversity in wildlife populations because the more animals, the more diversity they are going to have in their genetics. Uh, and then just reconnecting the habitat on either side of the highway and allowing yeah. the animals to freely roam as they should right because they do uh, some of them do do the fencing up which you understand is to but yes. they do make them look a lot of them look like just like another area of the you know environment like they put dirt and trees and yeah you, you know. don't you don't notice that it's a wildlife crossing it just looks yeah. like a bridge yeah. honestly and that's when i saw them in wyoming it took me a minute and i had to like you know, strain my neck to like see what it was. Yeah. And that, that's when I realized, oh, it's a wildlife crossing. One article I saw, they kind of did these frequently asked questions. And one of the questions was, do predators use the crossings like mm. traps? 
you know? Oh, yeah. And it said um, that the short answer is no. So between 2012 and 2015, researchers from the University of Alberta looked into the idea in a series of like 17 different crossings in Quebec's wildlife reserve. Mm -hmm. And after looking at all these photos and like 11,000 mammals using the wildlife underpass, they found no evidence that predators were taking advantage of the crossing to capture their dinner. Interesting. Yeah. That's a good question. Additional though. evidence shows that the carnivores, including wolves, coyotes, or lynx, did not follow prey into the passages either. So inter- interestingly, uh, that just doesn't happen. So, hmm. yeah. Well, you know, thank God that there's these really smart people coming up with very creative ideas to uh, keep our wildlife safe. Because you and I talk about this all the time. Wildlife belongs in the wild. Leave it alone. If it's in need of help and you can help it, do so. Um, but they should be there for us to, to look at right. at a safe distance. Right. It's They're very interesting. If you have an opportunity in your own community, because I'm hopeful these things are going to become more and more popular and yes. common and how they're going to build things, be sure and support these things. And again, it's not... You know, we, of course, go at it from the animal end. I mean, I can't even imagine. And I saw a stat sometime somewhere about how many animals were killed on the roads mm-hmm. um, every year. Staggering it's numbers. Thousands and thousands. Mm-hmm. and th- I mean, it was And thousands. hundreds of millions of dollars. Absolutely. Of, you know, car, animal accident and the damage. Mm-hmm. Human lives, you know. Right. I don't know about you, but like your reaction is to try to swerve to yep. miss the animal. The animal's lives, a whole deal of what happens with that. I mean, this is just like a win, win, win. I know that's yeah I just I don't understand like I said I think insurance companies should pony up some of my uh, (laughs) dollars that I give to them every month (laughs) and help fund these things it's exactly in fact I just pulled up a number because and hopefully this is right but I'm guessing Bernie will correct correct me not but it says (laughs) in the United States over 1 million vertebrae animals are killed by vehicle collisions every day Globally, the number amounts to roughly 5.5 million killed per day, um, which climbs to over 2 billion um, annually when extrapolated. But, I mean, I'm sure some of those are, you know, squirrels and stuff right, that runs right. out, but that doesn't mean they're any less important. Exactly. Um, and and you know, I mean, a squirrel or a raccoon can still do damage to your car. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, or by you swerving to miss it, you run exactly, into a tree. Exactly. So. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, check if if you are in a spot where um, you know there may be a reason for a, a wildlife crossing, or you're going to a national park or whatever. Check them out because they're actually really cool to see in person. Absolutely, very. <clears throat> yep. What else is going on? So well, I want to quickly talk about. Uh, before we get to our question that was submitted about the Raise Your Paw auction, which is coming up. And um, for those of you that live in Des Moines or around Des Moines or... uh, Or want to travel. Or want to travel here. I was trying to figure out how to word that. It is worth it. So the Raise Your Paw auction was a runner-up in the City View's best annual event. That's Uh, awesome. Iowa State Fair beat us. They have how many people attend every year. Right. But they and the Des Moines Art Festival and the Animal Rescue League were in the three finalists in this category. So that tells those of you who have not attended the Raise Your Paw Auction Mm -hmm. uh, how wonderful this event is. And it's kind of a celebration of pets. So April 20th at the Meadows Conference Center at Prairie Meadows in 
Des Moines or Altoona, mm-hmm. Iowa. Um, get your tickets. They're on sale now. We've been selling tickets. We're selling reserved tables so you can get a bunch of your friends and come. Um, we have hundreds of auction items in a silent auction and uh, a lot in a live auction. We've got, you know, cool videos going on about wonderful animal stories. We've got live music. We've got great food. We've got great desserts. Um, and you can hang out and see all the other animal people. Exactly. So come and hang out with us, April 20th. And then prior to that, next week, actually, February 22nd, we have a basket party going on. And what that means is, is if you want to put together a basket or you and your friends want to put together a basket, you come with all the stuff for the basket. We'll have the baskets. You put the basket together, and then those baskets get donated as items, as some of the items that Mm -hmm. would be auctioned off. And really great creative items. And people love them. And it's so fun. Yeah, it is so fun. a lot of fun. And it's a pizza party on top of it. Right. Right. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Who's going to say no to a piece of pizza, right? Right. Exactly. Um, And yeah, the auction on April 20th is a Saturday. So if you are traveling, um, you know, there's a hotel right at Prairie Meadows at the event center. So you don't even have to drive. You can just literally walk to your hotel room after you spend all your money at the ARL auction. Then you can go spend more of your money at the casino and then walk 10 feet to your bed and cry yourself to sleep. Right. (laughs) Or just sit there and look through all the stuff, wonderful stuff you bought. Right. Exactly. And I love this event. It's the biggest fundraiser for the animal rescue league. And um, all the money that is raised from this goes back to, right to the shelter for helping homeless pets. So it's yes. kind of a win-win. And this is the largest uh, fundraiser yeah. that the ARL does every year, right? Absolutely. We're yeah. in our 32nd year of the Raise Your Paw auction. 32nd. It's very fun. That's so I hope you'll join us. Hope you'll join us for the basket party next week. Dan and I will be there. Yes. Um, putting our baskets together. So it should be a yeah, good time. Yeah, I need time. to go to the liquor stove. We do. And I told <laughs> have you. Have you gone yet? No. And I told you I was going to go this weekend <laughs> and I did none of it. So we have got to get moving. Oh, that's So funny. we have a huge list of stuff. I know. Neither one of us has bought a thing for it. I so, know. That'll, be, that'll um, be fun. Yeah. So that'll be a good time. <laughs> now, uh, let's talk <laughs> other events coming up. Yeah. So we have uh, spaghetti and no balls dinner uh coming up at opa italian on february 25th at uh 5 p.m and then another one on february 27th at 4 p.m again they're both at opa italian and greek at 2800 university avenue uh, suite 450 in west des moines and it's 20 bucks per person but 12 dollars from the 20 dollar fee and a dollar from every alcoholic beverage will be donated back to the Animal Rescue League uh, for programs like spaying and neutering. So that's why it's called the Spaghetti and No Balls Dinner. Uh, but that is a very generous amount that they are donating huge, back to huge. the ARL. Um, so you can, I mean, if you want meatballs, you can get meatballs for an extra fee. But um, come check it out. Uh, have a glass of wine. Have two glasses of wine. Um you can do carry out as well if you prefer to do carry out. Um, but go support them. If you can't make uh, any of those dates, go on a different night and just tell them thank you for uh, hosting an event such as this and being so generous with what they're donating back. Absolutely. Absolutely. Completely generous. We're so grateful to them for doing that. So, yes, you know. And um, then we have uh, another event coming up on March 6th. Uh, which we did you go to the bingo? 
I went to the first the bingo. Grinch bingo. Oh yeah. Okay. Heck, I, I wore a Grinch. T-shirt. Oh, that's right. That's, that's right. right. Yeah. I was like, I, I swear <laughs> I saw you there. So these bingos, people love these, and they're a lot of fun. Uh, we're doing another one uh, called Saint Patrick's Day Bingo, which you know Too we always fun. get we always get the paw in there uh, on March sixth from six to eight at Arrow Main at fifty four fifty two Northeast Twenty Second Street. And uh, it's 20 bucks. That includes five games of bingo. Uh, you get three cards per game. So that's very generous, in my opinion. Uh, you can do a VIP admission uh, if you want. Um, and then you can do add-ons. You can buy, you know, more uh, bingo boards if you want or, or blotters or uh, they're calling them shamrock green daubers this time. So that's fun. <laughs> uh, but every game purchase provides one day of care for a pet in need plus more. So it says you are a hero to homeless pets just by participating in a game of bingo. And it's fun. And people donate prizes, and you can win prizes, obviously, if you are the first person to get a bingo and somebody doesn't beat you up if you yell bingo and you don't have one. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I did not come close to having a bingo yeah, me at the other one. So I'm hopeful this time that I'm going to score. Are you going? Uh, I don't know what, oh. uh, that's a Wednesday. Yeah. yeah. Probably. Yeah. I'll probably be Very able to fun. go to that. Yeah. Good. You know, another funny story that, and I'm going to get on my soapbox here. Just so you Do know. it. So <laughs> there was a kangaroo that was caught hopping around a Florida apartment complex. Oh, okay? people. So say no more. Yeah. Here we go. <laughs> I mean, Saddle we're talking up. Florida. <laughs> <laughs> so basically somebody calls 911 and they're like, hey, I guess I need police because there's a kangaroo that's like hopping around my apartment complex. Oh, Ironically, the kangaroo's name does end up to be Hopper. But anyway, <laughs> so they call the police. The police come out. They respond. They get it trapped into a little area. And got it uh, captured, but uh, they are actually legal to keep them as pets in Florida. Really? Florida? If we have anybody listening from Do Florida. Do better. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Do better. If you got the right permit, you can have a pet kangaroo. Now. What is the point of that? Uh, and do you think the kangaroo wants to be your pet? I mean, seriously, it's a wild no. animal. And it's out hopping the streets. Do you know what could have happened? Somebody could have shot it. Right. I mean, here's a kangaroo. Well, and, you know, we just talked about this. Like, it could happen, right? Your dog can get loose. Your cat can get loose. But how do you lose a kangaroo? <laughs> I know. I, don't, I didn't see where it said it actually got out. But, uh, yeah. So, that, so that's that happening. That's. So. Yeah. Don't. Don't have a kangaroo oh, no. as a pet. Don't. Don't have a tiger as a pet no. or a lion or an alligator. And I'm proud to say that Iowa does have a law against ownership of these animals. I'll have to see if kangaroos yes. are on the list, but I'm guessing they are. Yeah, I, I would assume they're considered some sort assume. of an exotic species. You want right? to see a kangaroo? Go to the Blank Park Zoo. Right. Or better yet, go to Australia. Uh, yeah. <laughs> or better yet, go to Australia because they might be wallabies at um, yeah, they're the wallabies. Blank Park Zoo. Yeah, yeah. which are like... Uh, miniature kangaroos, right? Which, because they're tiny, they're even cuter. Yeah, they're just cute. Let's just face yeah, but it. yeah, go go to Australia. We've talked about those stories before, where people are golfing in Australia and they have to stop golfing because there's like a mob of kangaroos on the and golf course. And that's exactly what you call um, a group of kangaroos. Yes, there's I remember. Mob. I remember. That's exactly right. <laughs> so yeah, go go see them where they should be seen. Right. Not not in Florida. 
Not in Florida. <laughs> just stop it. Not in Miami Beach. You go to Miami Beach to see other things. Right. Exactly. <laughs> in, a, in a kangaroo. That's right. Uh, okay. So we got some more combo dog things like we did last year, last week. Oh, so yeah. You ready? I like these. Yeah. Okay. So what is the difference between um, a lat or... What's the name of a combo of a Labrador Retriever and a curly-coated Retriever? A Labrador Retriever and a curly-coated curly-coated Retriever. Uh Oh my gosh. I what I'm picturing is like the Three Stooges, like it's some combo of curly mo or something like that. It's a lab coat retriever, a dog 9 out of 10 doctors prefer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Um, I like it. A Newfoundland and a Basset Hound. Um, found Hound. Oh, you know, you're kind of on the right track of some of these. Newfound Asset Hound, a dog for CPA, CPAs. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Oh, uh, okay. A Terrier and a Bulldog. Uh, a Bull Terrier. A I don't know. Terrible. Oh, a yes. A dog that makes awful mistakes. Well, that's a terrier. Yes. <laughs> and this, and we'll do one more. Uh, what's a, le- a bloodhound and a Labrador? A blood door. A blabador. Oh. A dog that barks incessantly. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Uh, yeah. That's. Th- I'm going to do one more. Okay. So a Malamute and a pointer. A Malamute and a pointer. Uh, I don't know. A moot point uh. owned by, oh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> Those are good. That's from an old newspaper article, isn't it? It is. I have no idea Does how it long say ago. when? Uh-uh. I cut it out a long, long time ago. So Love that. Yeah, very fun. So, okay. So the question we had submitted yes. um, this week was about guinea pigs and, um, First of all, they wanted to know if guinea pigs make good pets. Second of all, they wanted to know if there were things they should know about guinea pigs before they got a guinea pig. The answer is yes pig. and yes. Yes and yes. They are good <laughs> pets, and there are things you need to know. And one of those things is they are a longer time commitment than people think. I, you mm-hmm. know, people in theory think they're, you know, a couple years, but they live on average actually five to seven years and sometimes longer. Yeah, depending. Yeah, I would assume just like any other animal, right? Yep, yep. So and it, they're best in pairs. It definitely they very social. Yes. Yep. And if you uh, are getting two, make sure that the male is neutered. If you get a male female, but they do uh, okay, male male pair and female female pair too. Yeah. They're not like some species where you, you where you can't do that. So, um, of course we're always going to promote to come to the Animal Rescue League and Absolutely. adopt guinea pigs because we have guinea pigs all the time. And in pairs. And in pairs. Or yeah. triplets. Or bonded buddies, yeah. Right, yeah. Um, and all of the males that come from the Animal Rescue League of Iowa are neutered. Yeah, so, you know, that's already taken care of for you. Um, male and female, don't have to worry about it with the males being neutered, but... right. I love the I love the idea that you you know if you're looking for guinea pigs you can come and you can get two or three that already know each other so you don't have to worry about an intro on them. Seriously, I mean, 
Do we? I assume we have it's some perfect. right now. Haven't looked. The- I'm actually. I'm actually looking right now. That's why I can't speak because I can't use a computer and talk at the same time. Apparently. Yeah. Um, but yes, there are. Let's see. There's three. Uh, four. We have four guinea pigs right now, and five. I lied, and three of them are the bonded triplet buddies. So, if you're interested, come out and meet them. Um, these uh, the bonded three are at Arrow West, which is inside Iowa. Uh, what is the name of that? Iowa Seascapes. Iowa Pet Foods and Seascapes. Yes, thank you. Um, so go check them out. Uh, they make great pets, as you said, uh, especially for the younger, you know, uh, toddler, you know, mid-teens. Yep. Um, but, yeah, they're they're super social. You can take them out and play with them. You can let them run around your house. Get them the biggest cage you can. Yeah, exactly. Um, so Because they like space. Mm-hmm. Um, so just get them a big cage. And they say that, you know, they're not really escape artists. So, like, you could hand make a cage for mm-hmm. them. You don't have to have it, you know, like, right. you know, where nothing can escape at all ever. <laughs> um, you know, so do that. And, you know, they have a lot of individual sounds that they make. They make them very yes. cute. I love their little, you know, I wish I could do it. But it's like a squeak. It is. I wonder if I have that on the noise Oh, wouldn't thing that be here? fun? You I know, don't think I do. They make a, they call them a weaking or whistling type of sound in anticipation of getting a favorite treat. And I know when I had guinea pigs, I could come up with cilantro or a carrot and they'd start this yeah. whistling. It's not annoying. It's adorable. Yeah. It's like a, it's like a squeaky tire when you're at the grocery store. Right. On the make, try it. It's a little bit higher pitch than that, but Uh, it's they're they're super cute. Very cute. They're generally easy to tame. Um, Yeah, and like they don't mind being handled at all. Not at all. They'll cuddle. Yeah, Um, they can get their vitamin C that they need from their diet. So you just need to make sure that you're getting them the right Mm -hmm. diet and roughage. Um, Yeah, they like the leafy greens. Yeah, most people can get. we can get vitamin C tablets for their guinea pigs and give them to them that way. Um, you know, they're very active. Uh, they're actually interesting. You know, we talked, we joked Dan about cats sleeping 18 out of 24 hours a day. <laughs> guinea pigs are actually active for t- about 20 hours a day. Which that's a lot. It is. So it's plenty. That's why it goes to the size of the cage and different right. things you can put in the cage for them and let them have a friend. Yeah. They need a friend. Yeah. I don't, don't get a single a singleton. Don't do not do that. And if you have a singleton, especially if it's younger, I mean, you can get a friend for it. We just got to do an intro process on yeah, it. Just yeah, just like we talk about with cats and dogs. Absolutely. You can put them in the same cage, put some sort of separator in the cage and, yep. you know, give one the, the little apartment over here and one the l- little apartment over here. And, yeah, just do a slow intro. Absolutely. They also talk about, you know... Guinea pigs are actually really intelligent, and so they need mental stimulation. Otherwise, they get bored. And so you can give them toys, tunnels, ramps, all sorts yes. of things like that. Wooden chew things. Absolutely. And they also um, require some grooming, so you can teach them, you know, about brushing them out, combing them out. Yes. I mean, so. I know yeah. uh, the ARL does these uh, frequently where they do the, the I can't remember what they're called, bunny spa. and Bunny, bunny spa days, but. But oh my gosh! There's yeah. piggy. Piggy is in the name of it, yeah, right? Yeah, it is. But anyway, you bring your rabbit or your guinea pig to the ARL, and they do like a little spa day. They'll trim its nails and just check it over, and make sure everything's good. Yep. Um, yeah, I've clipped several guinea pigs' uh, little toenails when people brought them in. 
And that's the other thing. They uh, at those spa days, you can actually they'll show you how to do it, so right. you don't cut their quick. They'll yes. show you all about that. Um, and you certainly, if you get one and you don't live in and around Des Moines, and you need you go to your veterinarian, they'll show you how to trim those nails oh, so absolutely. you don't hurt them. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And you know we've talked about this uh, before, but there's um, a woman, and I'm pretty sure it's her husband. I may be misspeaking there, but uh, her partner. Um, in England and they have a page on Facebook called Mason's Cavies and they rescue guinea pigs and they have this giant shed that's, you know, heated and ventilated and air conditioned and whatever in their yard. And it's like a guinea pig's paradise. Oh my gosh. I've seen photos of that. It is the cutest thing ever. Yes. If you want to hear what guinea pigs sound like, go find them because (laughs) they literally have so many that they put their food in like a wheelbarrow and they open the door and the the cavies is what they're called. That's their scientific name. Just start squealing and squeaking, and it's the cutest thing ever. It's adorable, <laughs> and it's bunny spawn piggy pampering. There, days. see, I knew, so, I knew piggy yeah. was in there somewhere. Yeah. So yeah, we are enablers. We will tell you go if you're interested in getting um, a guinea pig or guinea pigs. We should say, uh, do it. Do it. They're great pets. Yeah, and there's tons of information on the ARL website, arl-iowa.org. If you click on the top uh, pet help and then click on um, resources for pet owners, there is a tile specific on that page uh, for uh, under all about pets for guinea pigs that will give you like the high level overview of what you need to know before you get a guinea pig so that you're feeding them the right things, you know, their water set up correctly, et cetera, et cetera. Do you know what a group of guinea pigs is called? Don't cheat. No, I'm not. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Don't cheat. You're sitting there thinking. Don't cheat. I know, right? <laughs> as I as I access Google on my brain, <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of what would make the most sense. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. I don't. Is it just called like a a group? Of guinea pigs? I don't know. It's called a, a herd. A herd. Which I think See? is hilarious. Yeah, like, because they're so tiny. They're so little and they're so <laughs> cute. And they're, they're called a herd. That's the other fun thing about uh, guinea pigs, just because you can get different colors. They all look so different. You yeah, know? well, and some have curly hair. Some yeah. have long hair. Some are short hair. Some are bald. They, they're naked. They're adorable. Yeah. They were very fun. I really enjoyed having them. And if I hadn't, once they passed away, I had Rosie and Tulip. And once they passed away, if I wouldn't have had my terrier that was constantly trying to get oh, into gosh. the room. Yeah, the terrible terrier. Right, exactly. <laughs> I would have perhaps gotten more, but um, they're a lot of fun. Yeah, they're we great. We mentioned Bonded Buddies earlier, and um, Bonded Buddies basically is a pair of the same species or even different species that show up at the shelter that are bonded friends that we basically make stay bonded, so mm-hmm. you have to adopt the bonded pair. Yes. I love this for if you're looking for... Uh, you know, like a pair of guinea pigs or a couple cats. They already know each other. Right. You know? And we do it because we know that the bonds between animals are as important as the bonds between humans. And um, we want to make sure that they get to stay together, too, for their lives when they end up at the shelter. So, Well, yeah, especially if they've if they came in that way, too. Absolutely. Right. But even yeah. in some scenarios, it's discovered that 
two <clears throat> animals like each other while they're in the shelter and they don't even know each other. Right. We have our community cat rooms and you put the put we put eight to ten cats in each room and we'll see two cats that are sleeping together mm-hmm. and grooming each other. And so we'll bond them because they're they have a friend. Right. We need to keep them with their friends. But we've even if you look on our website, www.arl-iowa.org, you'll see even we have like a pair of rats, Star and Apollo, that came in together and they we bonded them so they could stay together and you know, I over all my years of volunteering at the Animal Rescue League, I've seen, you know, a guinea pig and a rabbit that were like mm-hmm. best friends. Uh, anytime you approach the cage, the rabbit would hop in front of the guinea pig, you know. <laughs> He's um, like, don't mess with my friend. Right. He's like, don't mess. <laughs> so we adopted them out together. We adopt out dogs as bonded buddies, cats as bonded mm-hmm. buddies. And dogs and, and cats dogs before. And cats. What's the weirdest combo? Wasn't there like a bird and a cat there or was something? A cockatiel and a guinea pig. And a guinea pig, that yeah. Were super bonded, so they were together. Yeah. I, uh, the lady that adopted those used to listen to ARL Animal Connection. Yeah, I think she yeah. would call in every now and then. She would call then. in every yeah. now and again about them. I think, you know, it kind of our our CEO, when he came to the Animal Rescue League years ago, really started that Bonded Buddy mm-hmm. program at the ARL. And uh, it kind of kicked off um, for me, like realizing about it all these years ago as we had a dog and a cat that were relinquished to the shelter together. Mm-hmm. Um, and as is normal, you put the cat and a cat cage and right. dog and, a, and they were not eating and they were both mm. depressed and finally looking at their history you figure out they came in together so we put the cat in with the dog and life was good i mean they see that's so great it was adorable and we've we've had like a dog recently that came in and a cat came in and the dog was like all worried like where was the cat where was the carrier Aww. where was the cat and so our staff our wonderful staff yeah um and i believe it was nick who i adore he's wonderful uh he actually noticed that you know and mm. so we were able to house them together we sent him into a foster home together perfect so they could be together until we found a home for him so see that's so important it is important you know you think about it who wants to be torn away from the people they love right because of circumstances that are completely out of their control and that's right. the same with animals so that's great so don't ask us if we'll unbond animals because we will not right right if you don't want both of them or all three of them <laughs> right. or whatever the case may be look at something else <laughs> right exactly because <laughs> it ain't happening right the right person will come along <laughs> that's for sure right. exactly so that's awesome yeah it was very cool so i think we're gonna take a break we're all gonna right. take a break we come back we'll be wrapping up so i hope you come back with us come back to for love of animals with carol and dan we'll be back in a minute Your support is urgently needed to ensure the pets in our care all receive a nutritious meal. Instead of buying a bag of food and bringing it to the shelter, please donate to our Full Bellies Food Fund. Our partnership with the Hills Food Shelter and Love Program allows your donation to be made even more impactful. For example, just $1 a day will feed one cat and one dog for a month. Visit arl-iowa.org slash food to make an impact. That's arl-iowa.org slash food. Welcome back to For Love of Animals podcast. I'm Carol and I'm here with Dan. And we are just getting ready to wrap up this wonderful hour. I know it's gone so quick. It has. Remember, if you have questions for us. Yes. You can call in at 515-461-5079. You can text or call that number. 515-461-5079. You can go to our uh, ARL For Love of Animals Facebook page. uh, And you can send us a message there. And it'll get over to us and 
will answer your question. And we always say, if we don't know the answer, we know someone that does. That's right. So don't be shy about what you're going to ask. Yep. There's the only dumb question is the one that nobody asks. Right. Right. Exactly. I think I think so anyway. And be sure and get on our ARL for Love of Animals Facebook page. Lots going on there. We post really fun, cool stuff. Love your comments on there. Um, yeah. Yeah, they're fun. Be sure and reach out. So that's very fun. So before we wrap up, Dan, you know what time it is. Yes. What is the new species? So this is actually a plant. A plant. Yes. Okay. Which is a little bit different than we've talked about, but... I like it. Um, it's a new species of palm, but it's so inconspicuous that even the mature plants can easily be mistaken for seedlings. Um, but the specific... Uh, epithet alludes to the palm's subterranean habitats. The stem exhibits what scientists call saxophone growth. Uh, so after germination, it grows straight downward before doing a U-turn to the surface. And then that's how it comes back out. So interesting. Yeah. It's, it's on the, the new species. And I was like, well, plants are li oh, yeah. living, breathing things, we right? We worry about all living, breathing things. Yeah. So that's cool. And, you know, I, I think I've talked about this before. There's a, a book um, how trees communicate okay. and it like trees are smart is really what the gist of this book was. So as an example, uh, on the Serengeti giraffes are coming down and they're eating the leaves off the specific species of tree, right? Okay. Well, obviously a tree doesn't want to get eaten because then it dies. So it releases this gas that is taken down wind and the other trees know and respond, and they release some thing within itself, and it turns the leaves of the other trees bitter so that the giraffes won't eat it. Isn't it fascinating? I mean, that's just one example. I mean, that's right? just crazy fascinating. Yeah. God, so amazing. So even the trees are going to outsmart us in the end, Carol. <laughs> <laughs> oh, honey, I think we're already outsmarted. Right, right next to the to the gecko or the spider, right? Exactly. It's all over. Exactly. Uh. So that'll do it. That'll do it. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll be back next Wednesday with a new episode. And happy Valentine's Day, yes, everyone. Happy Valentine's Spread Day. the love. And in a world where you can be anything, be kind. Have fun, everyone. Have a great week and pop forward. See you next time.